Hey everyone, it's uh, Adrian Pinozo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we try and help you get more to life by investing in real estate. Um, this is our first live episode right here in our studio at our new headquarters, uh, EXP Hamilton. And I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Cody Ye, who is um, an amazing uh, investor. Uh, he's got a lot going on, and we're going to hear all about that as, uh, as we get into it. But welcome to uh, EXP Hamilton. Yeah, thanks for having me. This place, they just had a tour of Isabel. And it's amazing how you turn this sort of warehouse construction, like a architectural firm, you took it over, renovated it. I heard you just had a party for 150 huge, people. Yeah, huge uh, grand opening launch and yeah. whatnot, yeah. And I think this is so smart. You have all the EXP team in here, your property management in here, and I rent out a few other office, all synergy, you know, law firm accounting, all Everything. in. All in, and then I think even down the road when you sell the property, it's going to be a turnkey for someone like you. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate that. So Cody um, is big into the stock market. That's what I've been known for. No one knows that I'm a real estate investor, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just leveraging writing on the, the brand of things. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to have him back. This is actually a second time back on the show, and I wanted to have you back because you know, there's a common myth and, and I'm, I shouldn't say myth, but um, you're either a real estate investor or you're a stock, uh, stock options trader and whatnot. Yeah. And you very, you know, there's the myth out there that you really can't be successful or know both really well. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those guys, mm. right? Mm. So obviously, you know, we have a very uh, large uh, portfolio of rental properties mm -hmm. and I know nothing, nor do I own a stock option mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And um, in all my real estate investments, I've always shied away because, you know, I've been intimidated, mm -hmm. scared, lack of knowledge, and just, you know, all those things combined, I guess. So I wanted to bring you back and I wanted to have this kind of fireside chat for everybody out there who has no knowledge or contemplated, you know, do I diversify myself and do both? Here's mm -hmm. the expert, uh, made a ton of money, very successful in, in both, uh, I guess, uh, baskets, if you will. Um, so why don't you take it from the top? Tell us about, use me as an example, mm -hmm. ask me anything you want, uh, but you, I'll be the guinea pig as to you know, having all my eggs in one basket and not venturing into the stock market and the whole, I guess, myth around you can only do one or the other or not be good at both. Mm. Let's take it from mm. the top. Yeah, so th thanks for, you know, uh, putting the student hat on and kind of elevate my status there. Um, I'm also a real estate investor, so I understand a lot of us, you know, since growing up, um, my mom or my grandparents, told me that the only money that they kept throughout generation is through real estate. They used to buy land, buy mountains, and you know, sometimes the things they pass on, certain people took over and then sold it all and didn't do the right thing. But they were telling me that most of the money I kept was through real estate. Mm -hmm. So you know, that's where the generational wealth is. Right. Now, 
if you take a step back and say, why do people still invest in stocks, right? And you look at the successful people like Warren Buffett or the, his great partner, Charlie Munger, who just passed away at the age of 99, they never talk about their own hundreds of units of apartment building. <laughs> they also own that. Right. Right. So even Kevin O'Leary, right, right. The, the Shark Tank, yeah. he said that um, for his asset management, portfolio management, he doesn't put 20% of any type of his asset in just one stream. So he has 20% real estate, 20% stocks, 20% in businesses and all that. And in the long run, if you look at the long run for Canada and U.S., as long as the country is having more immigrants, the job is growing, we're attracting the right people, everyone's making more money, I think it's very safe to keep betting on real estate in these countries. But it's not to say that we don't diversify. Because what we have seen is, for the past two years, when everything, like Canadians never really gone through um, what we call a real estate recession. Even 09, 08, when US market crashed, Canadians only have a small dip or stagnation for a little bit and kept going up, mm -hmm. right? So Canadians never experienced that. And now we have seen the rate gone up and, you know, there's a saying where Warren Buffett said, you know, when, <laughs> when tide goes up, all boats flow. But when the tide goes away, we know who's swimming naked, right? And now a lot of people who are over leveraged or want to grow too fast is starting to be exposed. And that's the worst time. I feel really bad for those people because they didn't intend to do it like that. But when they grow too fast, a lot of time they were forced to sell the asset at the worst time possible. They know how the long term is fine, yeah. but because they over leverage. And that's in stock market. A lot of people treat that as the same thing as that. If I, you know, I can make money fast because I can one click away, buy and sell. And that's why a lot of people have that kind of mentality. And when they go into stocks, they're like, you know what? I want the highest growth in the shortest amount of time. Instead, most of the real estate people just kind of more like buy and hold and all that, right? So I don't think one is better than the other, but I think having both is the most important thing because of the concept I introduced, fast, medium, and slow money. And we can talk more about that, but just answering that, I don't think one is better than the other. I think right. stock option has its own place of, for example, replacing my income, yeah, um, we can use stock option to buy a stocks we want to own at a cheaper price, or we can just go and buy a dividend stocks that pay us cash flow, or leave it to our kids' generational wealth. Put in S and P five hundred, and you know just keep going up eight to ten percent on average every year for the last ninety years. So there's fast, medium, and slow money in stock option investing. Just like in real estate, there's fast money is flipping, wholesaling, right, realtor business. Medium money could be a burr. Yeah. It take a few months to a few years. Yeah. Right. Where buy and hold is where you buy a turnkey property and you hold it for generations. So there's fast, medium, slow money in real estate. There's fast, medium, slow money in stock option. But for, for me or for my student, when they come to me, I want to establish where they are. Um, and you got to know what you want. Is it the cash flow to replace your full-time income or is it the bird to create more added value so you have a buffer or is it just to buy a hole? I have no time, yeah. I just wanna buy a hole, leave it with someone like yourself in real estate, invest yeah. with you guys or, you know, get to know your goal and coming in and for most of my students, 87% of a real estate investor, they really just want diversification. They just don't want everything in real estate, which is good. 
Right. I have a lot of money in real estate and I realize I have too heavy of it in real estate. So I start pulling more money away to my trading account over seven figure and I have money with the insurance and all that stuff. So they all serve different bucket of purposes and not just all in, in real estate. I love real estate, but um, sometimes passing on real estate to the next generation and not to mention what is a good thing to pass on that to your kids, but just passing on costs a lot of money, a lot of headaches to, to pass on the whole structure, right? Absolutely. So sometimes cash could be easier. Mm -hmm. right? Insurance could be tax-free, things like that, right? Yeah. So I think about from years down the road and each of them serve different purpose. So you keep mentioning students, students, students. Let's talk about, uh, obviously you have some type of program mm -hmm. or... Um, whatnot that you refer to your students as. Can we touch upon that? How long you've been doing that? How does that look? What programs do you offer? Obviously being an expert in the industry, so to speak. Mm. So I didn't start out wanting to become a coach. So I started investing in stocks in 2011 when I, when I was in second year of university. And then 2015 to 2017, um, you know, back from 2011 to 2015, I was investing in very boring stocks what most people do. Banks like TD banks, Royal banks, getting paid dividend three to 4%, like right. those boring stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to make more money as an engineer working at a car company. My money's growing a bit too slow and I'm trying to save up my first down payment. At mm -hmm. that time, I didn't know anything about creative financing. I bought my first property in 2016 and that's through working 400 to 800 hours of overtime every year. Wow. So that's when people were like, yeah, Cody, you're just overnight success. I'm like, well, six years, I rent a room for $600 up in Alliston, mm -hmm. an hour and a half drive away. I only, I, a lot of time work the weekend, so I don't really enjoy any of the lifestyle, right? So I put up my first property and then real estate was, the tie goes up. So I sold it for half a million dollar in profit. Uh, 2019, I put in the, you know, buy, go buy another one, half go into the trading account and keep growing from there. Why do I share that story is because real estate and stock for me work really hand in hand together. And I didn't come out to want to be a coach, right? I start from Boeing stocks, day trading for two years. I had a coach and I realized that most people, once they get to a certain stage, especially uh, high income earners like myself or other people, they want more time back. Mm -hmm. And what I have seen in the, in the industry is a lot of people say that, but what they're trying to do is they build another business, find another job, right? If you go full-time real estate, you have, you can't qualify for loans. Now you got to take JV partners. Right. And now you got to find what's your fast money, right? what's paying for the bill while you have these burr strategy and all that. Right. So like I, I basically listened to the people that want the service. At first I was doing one-on-one. And then I got swamped, so I created a course. People just go, I have four webinars, once per week for a month. And I found that a lot of people are not getting the results because they don't have the hand-holding. And whereas now, after the whole mastermind, I have five coaches. My head coach is my brother, also an engineer, right? And then we have four other coaches. To be our coach, you need to make north of 20% per year and for one to four years, and they have to go through different market cycle, be a coach, like mentality and all that. So now I'm just like, how do I build a business so I can pull myself out and focus on the business? So I always look at from that standpoint um, and 
now we can serve more people, have a more structural, we have group, we have one-on-one calls with our coaches. It's amazing. So, like, do we know we're going to get here? Like, I have the vision, but just keep listening to people, how to make it better and make sure the business is working. That's amazing. Karina, pass me the remote or, or <laughs> do the skip bad thing or you can hold on to it. Hold on. We can edit this little part. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. So you mentioned you have yourself. So you mentioned you have uh, four coaches underneath you mm-hmm. that are, uh, four, yeah, now these now. are coaches that are um, assigned to certain students and Correct. you work directly with that coach, Correct. so on and so forth. And obviously that coach has credentials behind them, success behind them mm-hmm. and helps the students. So the last time I spoke to you, you were not doing that. So you've obviously grown since yes. then. Yes, we've grown a lot. Last time we, when you interviewed me, I think I was in Belize. Yes, you were. At that time, I think it was two years ago. That's when my brother just started working for me. And, um, and then we're growing the team really fast. Um, yeah, that's why two years ago now. So I'm assuming then you're, you're getting paired up with a coach and it's all virtual online stuff. The coaches yeah. zoom calls or whatever it is yeah. that they're working together. Yeah. And, um, and that whole, and we don't need to talk specifics on pricing right now. People can contact you after the show and, and get all that information. But, um, how long's the program? Does it, does it yeah, certain so, different programs? Um, for most people, so <laughs> we have students from age 24 to age 77. Holy so geez. if we use as the people in their 70s, because they tend to be a bit slower on tech, um, I, I used to say no to all of them until I took one and found that we can actually have success with them because I don't want students to come in and don't build success. Right? We don't want that. So. We, if we use that as an example, for example, my student N, she's from Toronto. She has two properties, two of them are negative cash flow. Uh, so she's like, if I sold, I have one million. Cody, I'm 74 years old. Um, my kids are not as smart as you. I want to help them buy property. But at the same time, I don't want to be a burden for them. So is your program fit for me? At first I say no, because she was struggling to get on Zoom. I'm like, Hey, Anne, we use our phone to trade. So if you can't get on Zoom, you'll have a problem. And is like, no, you wait for me. I wait there for 20 minutes. She got on and be like, Cody, I'm telling you, man, give me three months. Give me three months. If I'm not a good, you know, we end it here. I'm like, okay, fine. I trust you. So it took her three weeks to get to where start trading, right? So we have step one to step 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone following all yeah. that. So we can help people in their 70s. Then that give our team a lot of confidence, give her a lot of confidence. We just had our, our boot camp. Now we have students come or people on the fence come. We have over like 150 people through online and person. Not just in Bowenville, we ran that event. And Ann was keep telling me like, Cody, love you, love you. And I'm kind of like my grandparents kind of thing. Oh, wow. And that give us a lot of confidence. And truthfully, just, you know, it's not about how long. We want to give people the fastest results with a reasonable time. So we want them to understand it. And when they're kind of scared and kind of excited, we, like our coach will book a call for one-on-one in one to two weeks, and we make our first five trades. Again, not stock advice. We only trade S&P 500, but we're looking at the screen. If I were you, 
this is maybe the trade I was going to make. Not stock advice. So I will make the same trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they learn it. If the trade goes out well, which most of the time it does, great. But if it doesn't, you have a handhold. Just like real estate, right? We coach bought the property with you together. I have skin in the game. Right. And then now if it goes well, great. We take credit. But if it doesn't, we're in the trenches with you. And that's how all our coaches has gone through that with us multiple times. And the trenches coming out, the trenches coming out. And that's why I only handpicked those people that went through multiple times of trenches and have the right mindset. Some of them are a lot more hold your composure, not panic sell and all that stuff. So that's really what we're trying to translate to people. We get people the results fast. Second week, start trading. And then by week five to six, they're on their own. Wow. So after that, just riding through the market with us, right? And then, you know, that's, we have a quick start, 12 weeks program. We have seven months, we have full year, but really depending on everyone's situation. So. Good. That's really neat. Let me ask you, let's switch it now. Um, for the next few minutes, let's switch it to real estate. Yes. So you're, I like to, you know, label you as an expert in the stock options stuff Correct. that you're doing. You're obviously grown a team now, professional outfit, as opposed to, you know, mm -hmm. some guy giving you advice in his basement and he doesn't know anybody mm -hmm. or anything. So that's awesome. Uh, you're still buying real estate just before we went live here on this episode, mm -hmm. you started telling me, um, uh, some of your high net worth clients are potentially going to invest with you as well and or take their money that they made with you already and reinvest mm -hmm. it into real estate and you're still buying real estate. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at buying these days? Mm. Yeah, so I, I personally own uh, duplexes and triplexes and you know, my mortgage broker have kept me on the tab for multifamily like a 10, 20, a 30 unit that you're buying because he saw my portfolio I have 1.6 million sitting in cash in my trading account. So he's like, Cody, I, I don't know, but you're the most liquid guy I have seen among my clients. Yeah. And he knows that I leave like 30K for each property. Yeah. I don't care. I just leave 30K in there. So just whatever. Whatever reason. Yeah. So um, now I'm like, I never force it, but I do see opportunity that has been present the last year when the rates started going up. Yeah. And I think this is a very tipping point where the rate or at least the rumors that the rate will hold still were start going down. So it's had a very good like balanced yeah, market yeah, right now. Everyone's yeah. guessing each other. And I think for me, I don't like to guess. I don't like to hope. So for me to buy another property in Toronto or around Toronto, duplex won't work. Triplex barely work. Um, it's four unit were up. Yeah. So I want to buy more property or looking at buying more property down in the States because selfishly, I think Canada has been really cold and my wife or my fiance finally quit her full-time job. So truthfully, a lot of people say, Cody, if you have financial freedom, why are you still in Canada? I'm like, yeah, it's because my wife, I can't force her to quit. But now that she quit, mm -hmm. we're going to spend a lot of time around the world. And um, we're like, after this... <laughs> Shoot, yeah, yeah. the next day I'm flying down to Dallas, uh, uh, Texas. That's the place I think a lot of people think is very higher risk because of gun issue and all that. But I heard many great things. We can still find property with 1% rule, like one hour yeah. around the city, like yeah. Dallas and all that. So I want to see it for myself. I want to buy it for myself, to whether turn into Airbnb or just long-term rental yeah. as a backup. I want to see that for myself when I have success, work out all the kinks 
our financing, the taxing structure, yeah. we just set up our US structure and all that. Then I can potentially and turn around and say, hey, you guys know me. I already make money in real estate and you guys come to my program because most of you guys are real estate investor. Hey, now we'll come back to full circle. All my proceeds are gonna go back into real, real estate again. So if you guys are interested, we can chat more. I already have built trust. I help them make money there. Right. I put my own money there in the real estate and I show them, right? But I'm always there on boots on the ground and doing my it own yourself money first. first. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like we did, uh, I love that. It, kind of the concept, um, you're, a one, you're a one stop shop for making money. I never thought about that <laughs> you way. Know, I mean, <laughs> you're a one stop shop for making money, whether it's the stock market and then take that into the real estate market and circulate it. Um, I love that. That's, that's genius. And it's, I find too, with what we've developed here in Hamilton, uh, being one stop shop as mm -hmm. well, with respect to acquisition, construction, property yeah. management, you know, the financing component and piece and all that stuff. People like going to Costco, mm -hmm. so to speak to that mm -hmm. one grocery store for the most part where you have everything under one roof you're making people money and you're investing, reinvesting their money back in real estate, touching both verticals mm -hmm. from stocks to amazing, amazing. So we're aligned in that regard with the whole, I always, I keep going back to this Costco effect, mm. you know, the Costco effect. Yeah. You're, you're, you're somewhat doing that in a, in a sense, but even more, and I ultimate respect, and I'm sure your clients have ultimate respect. You put your money in it first. I always put my money in it. I, I, there's a saying, I'm sure you heard the same. I don't tell, I show. I show the receipt on a social media because there's a lot of funny stuff on social media, but I post my life account and all my students seen it, but people on the other side don't see it. So I post my life account. This is what's been going on and my students all see it and verify that. They see every single trade. So not that it's very busy. I only make one to four trades per month. Yeah, 30 yeah. minutes per week. Yeah. But really, I show the receipt. And I think that built a lot of trust because you put your, where your money is. If it gone through some trenches, people see it as well. You actually build more trust because of that. And they'll see who you really are when you're in the trenches. Like, Absolutely. You know, and like, what do you do to get out of it? Everyone can learn even more. Your coaches learn. Everyone learn. And um, I think that's just the best way to go. And when you... Treat it like everyone is looking at your money. The decision you make, it's easier for you to pull yourself out of that. Instead, if you're just investing your money, you're like, no one's looking at my money, so maybe I could pull a fast one. You know, I could do something more risky, but when everyone's looking at your trades, looking at where your money's flowing, you're very honest with yourself too. Is that, well, I want everyone to see that. If not, okay, that's not a good decision. Let's just pull it back. So that's a lot of decision I'm making now. Every decision I make, everyone will see it. And my kids or my grandkids going to be proud of it. And my students going to be proud of it. If not, okay, I'm not making that decision. And that helped me, save me from a lot of mistakes too. Just thinking that everyone's looking at everything I do. I'm not, like I'm not smarter. I'm, yeah. I'm not smarter than anyone, okay? I teach, I walk what I talk and I preach what I, you know, I, 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 I do it. what I preach. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that saved me from a lot of things too. Amazing. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 33. Good for you. And this all started how long ago? Um, I came, how old were you when you bought your first 
2016. This is a funny story though. Like real estate is great in a way. Um, I bought my first property with my mom because I didn't have enough money. Yeah. My mom just like, yeah, get whatever you have, put it in. That's 2016. Yeah. I still remember that property we bought in Dufferin and Eglinton area in Toronto. Yeah. With the LRT. Yeah. LTR. LRT. Is LRT. Yeah. Yeah. We bought it for $526,000, one and a half story bungalow. We just had dinner with my mom and she told me that the developer came in, say, we will buy for 4 million. And you bought it at 526? Yes. It went from 1, 1.2, 1.8. But my mom, you know, like the Asian parents, they're like, I'm not really the last one selling yeah, and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. so, and that parcel is so important because right in the middle. Right. So I know they can't let this one go. The they density, need it. They won't work. They need it. They need it. So I'm like, mom, just be safe, okay? Don't, don't be the last one to sell, okay? If, yeah. if you're the last one, sell it right away. I don't want any of your safety to get into trouble. But they were like, yeah, I'm the second last one. So right now they're offering $4 million. And she's chatting with me over like a few days ago. I was like, Cody, what should I do with the money if I sell it? Um, so real estate is great. And real estate is what built a lot of people wealth. And now they're just like, my mom was like, I'm going to go buy two more property. I'm like, mom, can you manage two more property? Because you want to do everything yourself. Yeah. You don't want a property manager. And then she kept calling me. I'm like, I'm not going to do that for you. So uh, it's a different lifestyle thing. I just want to share that. I thought it was That's fun. That's amazing. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah. That's amazing. 526,000. And what year was the purchase? 2016. 2016. So eight years later, yeah. we go from 526 yeah, I to $4 million. It. And I think they're still going up because think about, um, I, at first, in 2018, I want to assemble that parcel. Yeah. So I look at the deeds and I found... The company that sold this property to my mom, they had a changeover of ownership and the owners regretting doing that. They have three properties, they, they need like six to eight. Yeah. They had three property and then they were fighting, kind of like divorce and yeah. the partnership. So they sold one of that and my mom catch it. And then that was zoned for a residential apartment, go up to eight to 10 story. So I was like, you know what? I gotta go assemble it. And I look at the D and I'm like, oh, someone has four. Three to four, okay, that's gonna be tough. I'm fighting against them. So I'm just like, you know what, mom, just hold on to it. I'm not gonna to touch this one. I can't fight with them. They have more yeah. than me. Yeah. So, but now it just went to 1.2, 1.8, and four mil. I'm like, mom, are you serious? She's like, yeah, they call me and they put it in paper. I'm like, holy cow. And you're Jesus not letting go. Christ. She's like, well, uh, you know. Jesus Christ. So I don't think that's an everyday story, but that no, give me. But I love those stories. That gave me revisit when I'm going down to state, right? Instead of just buying a single family home, how I'm thinking is that how I'm not worried about how many doors I have, you know, people brag about how many doors I'm thinking about if something cash flow, what is the upside on that? Is that, is there a zoning law changing coming or is already zoned? Right. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. And someone will buy from me to develop or I can buy the nearby property. I don't mind paying a bit more as long as it's cash flow and where I could be creative to make a cash flow. I will buy that rather than a house that, uh, you know, cash flow 5,000 through Airbnb. I'd rather cash flow a little bit, but have a lot more upside. I don't have to do much because what, what I realized at the end of the day, only real estate is great because of leverage. And if there's a lot of upside, that's where 
like at the stage, I don't need any more cash flow. I have different ways of making cash for Airbnb. We have coaching business. We have our own real estate portfolio. Yes. Barely cash flowing at this point. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking for the growth. And I don't need the money for five to 10 years, but I want to have the potential of five to 10 years down the road, 2X, 3X, if not 4X, because of the economy, because of the key printing money, or because of the zoning potential that people start realizing that, and I have that piece of real estate. So I didn't do anything for 10 years, and all of a sudden, 4X the money. Yeah. So I'm making- always looking at those property now, instead of just single lineup, does it cash flow? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what is it? Yeah. It doesn't have a potential, right? You're more looking like yeah, this as opposed to, you know, having very short-sighted vision. You're more kind of big, big vision. Yeah, I don't need the money. I can park there for 10 years. Yeah. If that's the case, that's the case, where can I park that money? The most efficient with the least amount of time and still carrying itself. And if an interest rate, instead of going down, go up for two more percent, I'm still okay. That's the way I look at things. Right. And then I know I'm okay. Right. right. And in the U.S., you can lock in for much longer. Yeah. You can even assume mortgages. In the U.S., yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was that. like... No-brainer. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Every case is case by case, but I just... I love the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're just... We're actually close to 40 minutes. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> How time flies. We're so. 30. Oh, we're at 30. Yeah. Felt like 40. So I'm going to... We'll edit this part, but I'm going to do... Um, uh, two last questions. One's going to be um, any advice to people getting in the game. And then I'm going to do the last one is going to be, um, I'm not going to tell you, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> sure. Make sure I add value to you too. hundred percent. I want the conversation to be a little. I love this conversation. Forth. I love this conversation. It's more like a fire start back and forth as opposed to question, answer, question, answer. So this has been a really good dialogue. So, um, so we're getting towards the end of our uh, podcast here. It's been great. I love the conversation. I love the flow of back and forth. It just feels really natural and genuine. And I know people will resonate with that. And for those of you who can actually watch this too, um, after we go live with it. So um, people getting started in the game. All right. Um, let's give two scenarios or maybe just the one, but people are getting started in the game. You know, they have, whether they're taking money from a HELOC mm. or they have, you know, let's call it 400 grand. Mm. They have access to mm. 400, wherever it's coming from. Mm. In your professional opinion, and it's just your opinion, mm-hmm. um, where should they take that money first? Real estate or stocks? Mm. What do you think? Is that a, like, mm. both are great, I think. Uh, but if you, you've done both mm. at a, at a pretty high level, mm. what do you think? Mm. I think you're coming from the standpoint where if people have 400 K in HELOC, they're paying prime plus 0.5. So at this point we're recording February, 2024 that is 7.2% plus 0.5. So that's 7.7% of borrow money. That's where you're coming right. from. It's not cash. Right. So. Like, of course, first question is, can we find a property or can we find an investing opportunity where we're going to make more than 7.7%? I think that's the first question. And how much more can we make to adjust that risk that we're taking? Because 7.7% is kind of like a leverage money. Yeah. If you make less than that, 
that means you took the borrowed money and you make less. Now you're dumping more money. So the, the good rule of thumb is that the more potential money you can make, double of that 14, 18, 20 someone percent, that would be a better opportunity. If we do miss that target, we're still, let's say, you know, double of the 7.7%. To me, that would be a lower risk. So I think that would be the first thing that we look at, even before investing. If yeah. we, there is not enough of a spread, we yeah. just want to not do it. Now, that's first thing. And second is, where is, what is their goal? I know it's like so cliche. Yeah, Cody, what's my goal? Now, when I say what's your goal is that, do they need this money to replace their income? Which in my opinion is replacing your fast money. Or do they need this money to keep growing they don't need it let's get to see the money keep growing i think that's the second scenario yeah or the third one is cody i just don't want to see the money sitting there equity sitting there not doing anything so i want to pass more to my kids mm -hmm. okay that's a different scenario right because one they need the money immediately they need it pull it money second one is kind of like yeah i don't really need to see it the third one is like yeah i don't need to see it for five years and i think if they know which bucket they're in then they can decide if they do want to invest with you, then mm -hmm. you have a portfolio that fits that. If they want to invest in stock or stock option, then I know, okay, that's our set and done strategy when you want to replace your income. If you just want to park the money somewhere, yeah, we could just teach you our criteria of buying indexes. You get some dividend in the long-term wealth, you can pass them to your kids. And is it worth it, right? So I think that's the first step and yeah. the second step. Got it. Great advice, buddy. I didn't think of it that way. Well, what way do you think about that? Well, we we really actively uh, get our returns from successful burrs. Yeah. Right. So it's essentially we're pulling out. You know, typically even in today's market, um, with our larger acquisitions, um, mm -hmm. we're typically pulling out ninety percent of all the capital we put good. in. That's very good. Um, and we really rely heavily on our underwriting, um, I guess, capabilities and forecasts. We're very reserved uh, on that note. So, yeah, on average, 85 to 90 percent of capital we're pulling out. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it that way, obviously, you know, it, it's an amazing investment at the end of the day. And I think by the time our all of our projects, we still have a few on the go, but um, by the time they all come to fruition with a little bit of luck, like you said, no one has a crystal ball, but rates come down even more and obviously cash flow will be a lot more prevalent. So, um, yeah, nailing the burr essentially now that the market's kind of stabilized a bit is, is a little bit easier than let's say a year ago when everything was in tran transition and whatnot, mm -hmm. but we're still able to do that. So we're still providing great returns on capital. Um, segwaying into my last, very, very last question. And it goes with the podcast. And um, that's why I save it for last. When you see, when Cody sees more to life, mm. is there more to life still for Cody? And if so, what do you see? What's your more to life yeah. vision? So uh, we were just having this conversation with her, Isabel, and more to life to me, like I did not realize who I really am until I start pushing myself to the limit. What I mean by that is when I start becoming an entrepreneur, first year, 
are working 16 hours per day. I was by myself. I make the most amount of money ever. Like crazy stupid money. amount of money. Yeah. And the first year. Yeah. And I start hiring team and I give away a lot more. And yeah. if you want to grow, you want to build the brand. Yeah. You spend so much money. But more to life to me is that learning who I am. And I realized that I enjoy the financial freedom journey by, by not doing nothing. I'm building more team than ever. I have a pay-ass team, I have a podcast team, I have organic team, I have a coaching program, I have real estate, I have Airbnb, but it's not me doing it. But it's making sure I put in people in the right place. And I only hire and retain the people that can take high performance coach. So the moment I realized they just want average, first of all, I won't even hire them. Second, if they just want average, we're not gonna be partnering for very long. And some people might like, oh, Cody, that's very scary. It could sound very scary, but what I found is that when people can take that kind of growth mm -hmm. and see the vision, and sometimes they love and hate me, trust me. They love and they hate me. Because I push them so hard, I give them love and I pay them more and I structure the bonus accordingly. Yeah. So they love and hate me, but they learn so much. And I'm learning the same way. I, a lot of my employees are like 40, 50, not even 60 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like their kids talking to them. Yeah. How do I maneuver all that? Yeah. And more to life to me is, okay, now that I quote unquote made it, I'm continuing to grow bigger, but I take care of myself as a high performing athlete and I make sure the people who are around me, whether it's my employees or my coaches, they're growing with me and they get to the goal that they want to get to, whether it's more money, more freedom, right. or just personal growth. Some, some of my students in their 70s, they're just like, Cody, I have my charity. I want to be able to pay for it. So like everyone has different goals, but I make sure they grow in their own way. And you know, when I'm doing the right thing, when I'm pushing people out of their comfort zone, they're growing, then everything grow in the right way. So that's the way I look at things. And, and for me now, yes, financial freedom is great. I'm going to US yeah. in two months. I'm going yeah. to Morocco for 10 days in March, cruise for two weeks in April. And then really, I can fly anywhere you if your, I want yeah. to. But I try to tie business with it too. I like, first, I can write it off. Second is, I there's so many places on my list of to go that I have never seen. And I want to go when I have the freedom and the health and not having kids yet. Like yeah. we're, we're gonna have kids soon. Yeah. Um, but I want to grow and have fun at the same time, but not work so hard. And a lot of my body breaks and, yeah. you know, yeah. and then I can really enjoy. So I want, I want have to have the cake and eat and it eat too. too. And everyone around me to do that as well. So Amazing. that's my vision and so far as you know, it's not a sunshine and rainbow. And yeah. We have to have turnover. It's always ups and downs, yeah. Um, but we're going the right direction. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the More to Life podcast. Amazing. Again, our first uh, filmed live interview with our guest here at our new headquarters. So, And what a great episode to have this as a, as a grand opening kind of episode. We're going to call this the grand opening episode. The grand opening. The I'm grand happy to be on a grand opening. <laughs> grand opening episode yeah. of EXP Hamilton. Yeah. Thanks again for yeah. coming. Have a safe trip in yeah. Texas and whatnot and for the next three months as you travel the world. Good for yeah. you. I'm, I'm proud of you. And 33 years old, financial freedom and success. Yeah. Cheers to that. And I want to give it to Adrian 
uh, a shout out is that if you guys are listening to this episode, Adrian is going to have a lot more guests like me uh, sharing different expertise. So make sure you guys like this episode, subscribe. If you guys don't mind, give him a five-star review so that Appreciate people that. know that this is a good podcast and share with a few friends and uh, yeah, show the support. How do they people get a hold of your program, your coaches, you? Yeah, How I mean, do they find you? Don't worry about that. I think I'm all over internet. If you type in Google Cody, yay, which is C-O-D-Y, last name Y-E-H, C-O-D-Y, last name Y-E-H. I have YouTube channel with 20,000 subscribers. We have a podcast called Well Busters. I'm gonna, I had you on, I'm gonna have you back on again. Awesome. And yeah, it's, I can't hide. I have Instagram, yeah, Facebook. He's very searchable, so. Yeah. On that note, cheers to everybody and uh, take care. Yeah, take care. <laughs>